This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. A warning, this episode features dramatizations and discussions of violence. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Angolan and Bantu traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources— our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Sudika Mbambi lay at the bottom of a deep hole in the earth. It was pitch black. He felt around him, but there were only earthen walls. He grappled in the dark, trying to find the sword that he was born with— his movements grew more frantic. He had to find it. This was more than a sword. It was like another limb. But it soon became clear that it wasn't there. Where's my sword? Where? The Kipalindes must have taken it. He soon gave up and sat quietly. The thickness of the surrounding earth made sound impenetrable. It was very... Very quiet. Sudika Mbambi rose to his feet. He stared at the earthen wall in front of him, furious. With all his strength, he jumped into the air and dug his hands into the dirt, trying to get a good grip to haul himself up. <laughs> but he futilely slid back down into the hole's depths. He sat at the bottom cursing the Kipalendes, the supernatural beings he'd befriended that had betrayed him and stuck him in this hole to perish. He boasted miraculous powers, so his inability to detect the Kipalendes' dishonesty had shaken him to his core. But as his eyes adjusted to the darkness, his anger gave way to curiosity. The wall he'd attempted to climb had crumbled, revealing a tiny opening. Sudika Mbambi smiled. All wasn't lost after all. (laughs) 
Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. This is our final episode on the Angolan myth of the thundering brothers, Sudika Mbambi and his twin brother, Kabundungulu. In last week's episode, we saw the brothers' miraculous birth and Sudika Mbambi's quest for revenge against the monsters that attacked their family. It was a journey that ended in betrayal at the hands of his new friends, the Kipolendes. This week, we'll follow Sudika Mbambi's precarious adventure into the underworld, as well as his twin brother's journey to rescue him. Sudika Mbambi's brother, Kabundungulu, had been hauling bamboo poles to his parents' home when his gaze fell on the kilembe, the life tree his brother was born with. Sudika Mbambi had told Kabundungulu that this tree was tied to his own life force. Kabundungulu stared at the kilembe in fear. It was dying, which meant that somewhere far away, Sudika Mbambi was in danger. Kabundungulu hurried to his family's house, the structure that he and his brother had built together. He'd need to gather some things for his journey, but he slowed as he neared the door, filled with doubt. He was nowhere near as strong as his elder brother, where Sudika Mbambi boasted mystical powers and unmatchable confidence. Kabundungulu was simply a young man. He was worried he wouldn't be strong enough to save his brother. But if I do not do something, I will no longer have a brother to look up to. And if I don't leave home, I will never see what miraculous things I can do. It was a familiar phrase, one that his elder brother had uttered only weeks before. Though Kabundungulu didn't say it with the certainty that Sudika Mbambi had, his eyes shone with purpose. Kabundungulu grabbed his knife and his brother's kilembe. He hugged his worried parents fiercely and set out in his brother's footsteps. He was going to the land of the demons. Meanwhile, Sudika Mbambi was in the bowels of the earth, walking down a dark, muddy corridor. He could barely see in front of him. Soon, a loud sound stopped him. He stepped forward carefully, squinting in the darkness. Finally, only a few steps away, he made out the stooped figure of an old woman. She was using a hoe to churn up the dirt in his path. He stood patiently, waiting for her to look up at him. When she didn't, he cleared his throat. <clears throat> Excuse me, but grandmother, do you know the way out of here? His term of endearment had little effect on the old woman. 
she continued to hoe, not even bothering to look at Sudika Mbambi. There is no way out, only through. <sighs> then which way is through? The old woman suddenly shoved the hoe into his hands with a toothy smile. My back is tiring. Hoe for me a little, please. Then I'll show you the way. Though he was eager to press forward, Sudika Mbambi was not one to refuse someone in need of aid. He took the hoe from the old woman and got to work. Within moments, he'd churned up a large patch of dirt across the corridor. He moved to begin churning up the next patch of dirt beside it, but the old woman lay a hand on his arm. Oh, that's enough, that's enough, I thank you. I'll show you the way. But you must know, through is also down. You must pass by Kalunga Ngome's home. Sudika Mbambi startled. Kalunga Ngombe was the lord of death. Walking into his domain would be perilous indeed. But instead of cowering in fear, he stood tall. He welcomed the challenge. I'll do whatever I have to do to get home. The old woman looked at this young man before her, impressed. Then, suddenly, she began to rummage in her heavy cloak. Soon, she produced two jugs and handed them to Sudika Mbambi. I work these corridors, keeping them tidy and clear for Kalunga Ngombe and for the poor travelers that find themselves here. I've kept these jugs handy for a worthy carrier. With a shaking hand, she pointed to one of the jugs. The first jug contains the hottest red pepper you have ever tasted. The second contains wisdom. <coughs> I have plenty of wisdom. Oh, you're young. The young can always use a bit of a grandmother's wisdom, just as they can always use a bit of fire. You will need both if you intend to face Kalunga Ngombe. A confused Sudika Mbambi looked as though he wanted to ask her more, but held his tongue. He nodded to her in thanks. Then, with a wave of her hand, she gestured to the corridor. When you reach the fork, take the narrow path, not the wide path. You'll get lost if you take the wide path. And you'll likely be lost forever. With that foreboding instruction, Sudika Mbambi left the old woman behind and proceeded down the corridor. Soon, he came to the fork the old woman had spoken about. He readjusted the jugs in his arms and proceeded down the narrow path toward the land of the dead. Sudika Mbambi walked on, the treacherous, narrow path growing so tiny that he had to walk sideways in order to squeeze through. Finally, the path opened up into a cavernous space. In its center, a wooden house sat. Its windows glowed faintly, as if a fire was lit inside. Sudika Mbambi stared at it, mesmerized. It was like nothing he'd ever seen. Sudika Mbambi startled as an immense dog bounded up, barking and snarling at him. He clutched his jugs tightly, wishing that he had his sword. 
Stop it. Settle down, dog. Miraculously, the dog sat, staring curiously at Sudika Mbambi. Pleased with himself, Sudika Mbambi cautiously walked past the intimidating beast and entered the home. As he walked inside, a booming voice greeted him. Who enters my home? Kalunga Ngombe, the Lord of Death, sat on a throne before a roaring fire. His rich, dark skin glistened in the firelight as he stood to loom over Sudika Mbambi. Cold, black eyes peered down at this interloper. No more suitors. My daughter is indisposed. Sudika Mbambi's eyebrows raised at the mention of a daughter. What poor maiden was forced to live in the darkness of the land of the dead? Sudika Mbambi had rescued his first wife, but she had been stolen from him by the treacherous Kipalendes. Perhaps this princess of death also needed his aid. Instinct took over, and Sudika Mbambi finally found his voice. I shall marry your daughter. Kalunga Ngombe's expression darkened even more. He eyed Sudika Mbambi with loathing. You're not the first to covet my daughter. Many have come here to try and prove themselves, and all have failed. Each one thinks they're special, miraculous, and each one fails to possess all that is required. Well, what do you require? The Princess of Death's husband must be intelligent, creative, and wise. But he must also possess a fire within him. He must be quick to anger, able to seek vengeance. It's these dichotomies that create balance. Sudika Mbambi stared at him incredulously, silently blessing the old woman who had shown him the way. Confidently, he held out the jugs. Kalunga Mbombe slowly took the jug of red pepper and then the jug of wisdom. Then, without warning, he threw back his head and began to laugh. Peals of booming laughter echoed through the halls, shaking the pillars with such violence that Sudika Mbambi thought they might come tumbling down at any moment. When the Lord of Death finally composed himself, he fixed Sudika Mbambi with his gaze once more. I am impressed. There has been no one yet able to answer that riddle. Where's your daughter? We will leave today. Nonsense. You're clearly weary from your journey from the world above. Come, I'll show you where you can lie down for the night. We shall discuss my daughter in the morning. Sudika Mbambi frowned. He'd been away from home for too long already. But he was also tired beyond belief, so he nodded in agreement and allowed himself to be led to the Lord of Death's guest house. And though he was in an unfamiliar and unsettling land, he quickly succumbed to his exhaustion. Meanwhile, Kabundungulu strode down the desolate road that his brother had traveled on to get to the land of the demons. He'd been walking for some time and knew that the bridge into the land of the demons was near. 
In one hand, he held the knife his brother had given him at his birth. In the crook of his other arm, he held Sudika Mbambi's kilembe. As he looked down at the plant, he startled. The withered leaves had sprung back to life and were now a vivid green. Kabundungulu's eyes shone with hope. His brother was alive. Coming up, Kabundungulu confronts the Kipolendes that betrayed his brother, while Sudika Mbambi faces even more perilous challenges in the world below. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now, back to the story. Sudika Mbambi had journeyed to the land of the dead and told the Lord of Death himself that he wanted to marry his daughter. After passing the first test, Sudika Mbambi spent the night in Kalunga Ngombi's guest house. He awoke the next day, eager to meet the woman he'd freed from her nefarious father. But when he stepped into Kalunga Ngombi's chambers, he only saw the Lord of Death. His daughter was nowhere to be seen. Where's your daughter? I was hoping we could leave today. I've been away from my family for far too long and- She's not here. What do you mean she's not here? I gave you the gifts you asked for. You promised her hand to me. My daughter was taken by the serpent, Kinioka Kiatumba. I've been unable to get her back, and I... I failed her. You, the Lord of Death, allowed your daughter to be taken by a serpent? He is not just any serpent. He is cunning and commands a horde of creatures I dare not disturb. I have been waiting for someone worthy of my daughter's hand to attempt to fight him. Sudika Mbambi was angry at Kalunga Ngombi's dishonesty, but where he had begun his journey, naive to the nature of lies, he now expected them. He bowed his head. I will go and rescue your daughter. Then we'll leave this place. You'll perhaps need this. Sudika Mbambi's jaw dropped as Kalunga Ngombe offered him his sword, the sword he'd been born with, that he'd left with the Kipalendes in the world above. How did you get this? I thought I'd lost it in the land of the demons. You forget that you stand before the Lord of Death. I too am capable of miraculous things. Sudika Mbambi stared down at his sword tenderly. He closed his eyes and felt its blade beneath his fingers. He was whole once again. Kalunga Ngombe told Sudika Mbambi to continue down the narrow path, even further into the bowels of his kingdom. When he reached a rickety shack, 
he would be at Kinioka's home. After only an hour of walking through the underworld, Sudika Mbambi found himself standing in front of the shack that Kalunga Ngombe had told him about. It was wedged into the wall of a cavern, and its windows were dark. Sudika Mbambi approached cautiously. Hello? Kinioka? Is anyone here? The place was empty. Sudika Mbambi waited outside, and waited, and waited. Soon he grew bored and sat down. He sighed as he stared at the dark home. Where are you? Through the quiet of the cavern, the sound of insects startled Sudika Mbambi out of his stupor. He looked around but didn't see anything. Suddenly, he felt a sharp pinch on his leg. Ow! Something had bitten him. Sudika Mbambi looked down to find the ground was crawling with bright red fire ants. Sudika Mbambi jumped to his feet, but the ants were already crawling up his boots, onto his legs, through his clothes. He swatted at them feebly, to no avail. He closed his eyes and shook his body violently, dispelling those that crawled on him. With fire in his eyes, he turned to the ants on the floor and started to stomp. Miraculously, with only two stomps of his feet, the remainder of the ants flattened themselves and stopped moving. He'd killed the horde. Sudika Mbambi smiled, pleased with himself. But that smile soon faltered. He slowly looked up at the sound of buzzing. In the air above him, a swarm of bees and wasps flew about the cavern. They readied for their strike. Thinking quickly, Sudika Mbambi grabbed an immense stone from the floor of the cavern and hoisted it onto his shoulder. With great effort, he heaved the rock into the air. It barreled through the swarm, hitting those at its center. Then, as if by magic, one by one, the rest of the bees and wasps fell from the air. Sudika Mbambi covered his head with his arms as they scattered around him. Then, all was still. Still, but not silent. A great hissing sound filled the cavern. A moment later, an immense serpent slithered out of the darkness to rear up in front of Sudika Mbambi. Kinioka! The great serpent opened its jaws wide and lunged. But Sudika Mbambi was quicker. He threw himself to the side, swinging his sword as he did. The blade sliced through the serpent's thick body in a single smooth motion. Its head fell to the ground, landing at the feet of Sudika Mbambi. Panting, Sudika Mbambi grinned at Kinioka's lifeless body. But the serpent's body suddenly twitched. Sudika Mbambi watched in awe as a new head began to quickly grow in the first one's place. Soon the beast was complete once more. Kinioka lunged again, its jaws just missing Sudika Mbambi's arm. 
Sudikam Bambi lopped off its head again. This time, the body lay still. Sudikam Bambi turned to see Kalunga Ngombe's daughter, the Princess of Death, stepping out of the shack. Where her father was eerie and foreboding, she was beautiful and entrancing. Dark curls fell in a tangled mane around her face, and her eyes sparkled with joyous relief as she gazed at Sudika Mbambi. He stepped forward cautiously. Princess, you're freed. Well done. Kalunga Ngombe appeared out of the darkness. He stepped toward his daughter and put an arm around her shoulders. Lord of Death, I've completed the task you've requested of me. Your daughter has been saved. I shall take her home to my family and we shall live for the rest of our days together. You'll go when I say you can go. Sudika Mbambi's eyes narrowed and his blood ran cold, sensing that he'd once again been duped. You think my daughter is worth the defeat of this beast alone? You've only half proven yourself. You must defeat Kimbiji Kia Malenda, the master of the Underworld Abyss. The Great Crocodile? Kalunga Ngombe nodded. His daughter looked away, trying to hide her worried expression. Sudika Mbambi tried to conceal his frustration. But I've already passed two tests. Please, let us go. You confronted the Lord of Death. You defeated Kinioka the Great Serpent. Surely facing a crocodile is just another miraculous feat for you to accomplish with ease. Sudika Mbambi clenched his fists, his eyes flashing in anger. But his gaze focused on Kalunga Ngombe's daughter, standing innocently behind her father, and his resolve hardened. In the world above, the Kipalendes, the spiritual beings that had thrown Sudika Mbambi in the hole that led him to the underworld, were enjoying a meal around a campfire. Sudika Mbambi's first wife, a witch's granddaughter, sat somberly off to the side. A blanket was clutched around her as she eyed the Kipalendes with disgust. Every now and then they would each glance at her with longing. She would look away toward the large rock that covered the hole in which they'd tossed Sudika Mbambi. Hello? The merriment stopped and they all turned to see Kabundungulu, Kilembe in one arm and his knife in the other, standing at the edge of their encampment. The witch's granddaughter tensed, her eyes suddenly hopeful, but the Kipalendes silenced her with a threatening look. One of them stepped forward. I'm searching for my brother, Sudika Mbambi. Do you know him? We know him. Together with your brother, we defeated the monsters that killed your family. But he departed soon afterwards. He didn't return home? He didn't. Do you have any idea where he might have gone? I'm sorry, but no. He left rather abruptly and barely thanked us for our help. Kabundungulu frowned. That didn't seem like his brother. His gaze suddenly fixated on the witch's granddaughter. He took in her wide, fear-filled eyes and tensed. 
he gripped his knife a little more tightly. These men were liars. Meanwhile, Sudika Mbambi was nearing the very depths of the land of the dead. A fat piglet trotted along beside him. It had been a gift from Kalunga Ngombe, and though the Lord of Death had not said what it was for, Sudika Mbambi could guess. He suddenly tensed, hearing water lap against stone. He slowly rounded the corner and found himself in a small lagoon. Its water twinkled against the cave's cavernous ceiling. This was the place. He looked down at the pig, knowing what he must do. Sadly, he shooed the pig to the water's edge and then hid behind a rock at the side of the lagoon. He waited. But behind him, unnoticed by Sudika Mbambi, a large shape loomed. It soon towered over Sudika Mbambi and bared its teeth. It was an enormous crocodile, Kimbiji Kia Melenda. Sudika Mbambi whipped around in surprise at the sound of the beast, his mouth falling open in shock. Before he could reach for his sword, Kimbiji's jaws had fastened around his arm. Quick as a flash, Kimbiji pulled Sudika Mbambi into the lagoon, dragging him beneath the surface. The pig stared dumbly at the place where Sudika Mbambi and the crocodile had disappeared. A few bubbles broke the surface, and then all was still. Coming up, Kabundungulu hurries to save his brother from Kimbiji, master of the underworld abyss. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use gift mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Now, back to the story. Sudika Mbambi had been dragged into Kimbiji's water lair in the underworld. In the world above, his brother Kabundungulu was at the camp of the Kipalendes, the spiritual beings who had tricked Sudika Mbambi and tossed him in the hole that led to the underworld. Though they claimed not to know where Sudika Mbambi had gone, Kabundungulu knew they were lying. The witch's granddaughter, a beautiful maiden that they held captive, had caught his eye. 
He could feel the sadness in her gaze and knew that these were bad men indeed. But when he tore his attention away from her, he found something that struck fear into his heart. Sudika Mbambi's Kilembe was once again wilting before his eyes. His brother was dying. He immediately turned on the Kipilendes in anger. Liars! You killed my brother! Now show me to his grave! The Kipilendes looked startled as Kabundungulu brandished his knife. They knew the power that his elder brother had and were wary of Kabundungulu's anger. With a shaking finger, one of the Kipilendes pointed toward the rock. Kabundungulu rushed to the rock and moved it aside, expecting to see his brother below. Instead, he was greeted with a deep black hole. With one last look at the witch's granddaughter, he leapt into the hole, plunging into its depths. <gasps> Kabundungulu hit the bottom hard. He took only a moment to gather himself before climbing into the corridor that led to the underworld. Kabundungulu ran along the corridor, following the tracks that his brother had made. Each step solidified his certainty. In his arm, the Kilembe continued to wilt. He glanced at it, and his pace quickened. He didn't have much time. He came upon the old woman, still hoeing the path. She looked up as he approached, but simply pointed a shaking, gnarled finger in the direction that Sudika Mbambi had gone. Kabundungulu whipped past her. She watched him go with a smile. Soon he came to the fork in the road. He slowed for a moment before hurrying down the narrow path and into Kalunga Ngombe's domain. He stopped in front of Kalunga Ngombe's small home. Sudika Mbambi, hello? He looked around, searching for his brother, but the cavern was still, and there was no sense of movement inside the home. He looked nervous for a moment, but determination soon took its place. He strode to the front door of the home and entered as his brother had done. He stepped inside and was immediately face to face with Kalunga Ngombe, the Lord of Death himself had been awaiting his arrival. He leered at Kabundungulu. Ah, the brother of the miraculous Sudika Mbambi. Where is he? The master of the underworld abyss has taken Sudika Mbambi for his own. Go home. This is no place for an ordinary man. Panic struck Kabundungulu. He looked at the dying Kilembe in his arms and knew that it must be true. He hesitated, looking back the way he came. Maybe the Lord of Death was right. He was not nearly as miraculous as his older brother. Perhaps he shouldn't be here. But then he turned to the Lord of Death. He reeked with dishonesty and trickery. If this man wanted him to leave, then he might be wise to do the opposite. Tell me where this crocodile lives. Soon, Kabundungulu found himself standing outside Kimbiji's lake. The pig still loitered around its outskirts. 
Kabundungulu hesitated, then stared at the pig, thinking, I am sorry, pig, but I need your help. Kabundungulu led the pig to the rocky side of the lake. He left the pig there and hurried to the opposite side, where he knelt in the shadows and waited. Kabundungulu held his breath as the immense crocodile, Kimbiji, appeared. This time, the crocodile had his eyes on the pig and didn't notice Kabundungulu. It licked its jowls greedily. Just as the beast opened its jaws to consume the pig, Kabundungulu leapt from the shadows, launching himself onto Kimbiji's back. With a cry, Kabundungulu plunged his knife into the beast's head. The great crocodile flailed in shock and fell to the ground. It spasmed briefly and then lay still. Kabundungulu wasted no time. He grabbed the knife and tore it from Kimbiji's head. Then he hurried to cut through the beast's belly. But inside, he found only the bones of his brother. Sudika Mbambi was truly dead. No, please rise, my elder brother. <laughs> rise! Kabundungulu spread his brother's bones out on the ground and sobbed. He was too late. He had failed. He closed his eyes, weary and spent. As Kabundungulu sat in his grief, holding the kilembe plant, he didn't notice its leaves start to move. They slowly stood up straighter, becoming greener with each passing moment. When at last he opened his eyes, he stared in awe. What on earth? Kabundungulu looked over at his brother's bones, they were gathering together on their own, as if moved by magic. Soon they assembled into a skeleton, and quicker still, flesh surrounded them. Kabundungulu watched in amazement as Sudika Mbambi once again took form. The two brothers embraced. After a moment, Sudika Mbambi pulled back and smiled. I owe you my life. I just followed the path that you carved. I didn't really do anything. You left home when you could have stayed put. You conquered the monster when Kalunga Ngombe offered you a chance to go home. You've proven yourself as miraculous as me. As Kabundungulu basked in his brother's praise, Sudika Mbambi looked back the way they came. Come, let's go home. The two journeyed back to the Lord of Death, who reluctantly gave Sudika Mbambi his daughter's hand. I had to be sure that she would marry a man who deserved her. Please do not forget how special she is and all you had to go through to win her hand. I won't. I promise. Then go. Back the way you came. You'll find the journey much easier this time around. The trio made their way past the old woman's sentry, and with Sudika Mbambi's renewed strength and certainty, they climbed up the hole that the Kipolendes had put him in. 
The Kipolendes sat around a campfire by the hole, once again sharing a meal. But they turned in shock as Sudika Mbambi emerged from the hole, Kabundungulu and Princess Death in tow. They fled, leaving the witch's granddaughter alone. Kabundungulu stepped forward, smiling. He felt connected to this young woman. He moved to hold out his hand, but before he could speak, Sudika Mbambi stepped forward and wrapped the witch's granddaughter in his arms. Kabundungulu deflated, but said nothing. The brothers arrived back home to their parents' welcoming arms, Kabundungulu along with Sudika Mbambi and his two wives. Sudika Mbambi had made no mention of choosing between the two women that he'd rescued. He intended to serve both as a dutiful husband. <laughs> night after night, the family gathered round the campfire for their evening meal. As they feasted, Kabundungulu grew more and more lonely as he watched his brother and his two companions. He stared longingly at the witch's granddaughter, dreaming that one day she would be his. One night after dinner, Kabundungulu approached his brother. Brother, I've been watching the love and happiness that you have with your two wives. I, I think my heart belongs to the witch's daughter. I wish it weren't true, but I was hoping, since you have another, that she might be mine instead. They are not property for me to give away. If she wanted you, she'd have said so. So that night, Kabundungulu made his way into the bedchamber of the witch's granddaughter to ask her if she felt the same way. His elder brother was visiting the Princess of Death for the night, and he knew that they would not be disturbed. He approached her bed and gently nudged her awake. My darling, wake up. I want to... But when she opened her eyes, she was startled and screamed in fright. She calmed as soon as she realized it was just Kabundungulu, but it was too late. Sudika Mbambi burst into the room. His eyes hardened when he saw his brother sitting on his wife's bed. Yet again... I failed to recognize dishonesty, even when it sits beside me each night by the fire. How can you say that? I... I rescued you from death, and you are so selfish as to take both wives for yourself. Sudika Mbambi silenced his brother with a violent strike across the face. Kabundungulu staggered back a few feet, holding his cheek in shock. Then he charged his elder brother. Soon the two were locked in a fierce brawl. The brothers fought through the night. Where Sudika Mbambi was once the stronger brother, they were now evenly matched. Eventually, the sun rose and the brothers were tiring. Finally, they separated, panting. Brother, please... I was just going to talk to her to see if she felt the same way about me, as you said. I wasn't- I met so many liars on my journey, and each time I succumbed to my desire to trust. My powers were strong, my body was lithe, but my heart was weak. I won't make the same mistake again. 
I cannot live by a brother who would wrong me. But I saved you. You simply followed me. They were the words that both brothers knew would hurt Kabundungulu the most. But Kabundungulu straightened, suddenly full of certainty. Following your footsteps isn't a weakness. You did many miraculous things, brother, but I did them too. The two brothers stared at each other for a long time before agreeing to go their separate ways. Sadly, Sudika Mbambi departed to the east with his two wives. Kabundungulu journeyed to the west alone. Today it is said that when a storm comes, the thundering clap that sounds from the east is Sudika Mbambi. The resonating clap that echoes from the west is his brother, Kabundungulu, always following his brother's example. While the twins Sudika Mbambi and Kabundungulu literally symbolize peals of thunder, they can also be interpreted as disparate forces within the human person. Sometimes the more powerful parts of ourselves make the wrong choices, forcing the weaker parts of ourselves to rise to the occasion, much like a human deciding if he's strong enough to follow in his godly brother's footsteps. The Angolan people didn't turn to myths for plausible explanations as to how the world works, but rather to be reminded of the human potential for the extraordinary, something that's foreshadowed in the twins' miraculous birth. The idea of a wonder child is not only a common theme across Bantu tribes, but parallels myths across various other cultures as well. In Greek mythology, for example, Hercules was a wonder child who killed a snake sent by Hera when he was just a baby, foreshadowing the great deeds he would complete as an adult. But it's the brothers' adventures that give us greater insight into Angolan and Bantu culture. Kabundungulu's following of his brother's example is a reminder that humans can also achieve greatness and fulfill their true potential. Kabundungulu's mortality and lack of the same kind of miraculous power Sudika Mbambi possessed could be seen as a weakness. But in reality, he's stronger for having accomplished the same deeds without any powers. By following his miraculous brother's example, Kabundungulu serves as a reminder that by persevering, everyday people are capable of miraculous things. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on Sudika Mbambi, amongst the many sources we used, we found The Hero with an African Face by Clyde W. Ford, extremely helpful to our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. 
traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every other Saturday, we dive into another dark, classic tale. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic tale. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Greg Castro. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Kai Jordan, Sky King, Harris Markson, Samantha Moore, Julian Smith, and Dan Velasquez. Mythology stars Vanessa Richardson. <laughs>